You're listening to the Level Flight Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Maroon center, no! Connor Hellebuck! Golden opportunity, Kyle Connor shoots and he scores! Kyle Connor! Triple overtime series winner! Can you believe it? Frankly, on to Morrissey, scores! Josh Morrissey! And welcome into episode 40 of the Level Flight Podcast. My name is Connor, of course. I am joined by Elliot and Brian today. And we are joined by a very, very special guest, uh, Danny Jokin, Jets 2022 third round pick, member of the Kitchener Rangers, late call to the Manitoba Moose last year. Danny, how are you doing? Great. Thanks for having me. All right. So we'll start with, uh, you know, just whereabouts are you uh, this offseason and what does your schedule look like? What are you up to? Yeah, I'm in uh, Oakville, Ontario. I'm uh, just living with my parents here uh, and my brother as well. Uh, training five times a week in the gym and on the ice uh, three, two to three times a week right now. But then towards, uh, you know, the end of the summer, I'll ramp that up to probably four times a week. And are you training with like Kitchener Rangers teammates or just people that are locally in the area? Like what's the what's the group out there? Yeah, I'm with uh, Matt Nickel out of uh, Downsy Park here in Toronto. I train with uh, with Chibi and Kuz actually uh kuzman and nikita chibrikov there as well so i've yeah. got a uh, young pro group there uh pal Minskov is there as well and you know guys like uh francesco or curry my ex-teammate as well so it's uh it's a pretty pretty good group and well obviously there's the on the ice stuff and we're gonna get to that but we want to start sort of with uh you know the off ice and more specifically uh Jilkin's vision uh we're huge fans of what you and lauren are doing there we've mentioned it on the pod before um, but we want to start there. So for people who may not have heard of it, describe it sort of to us what that initiative is all about. Yeah, so uh, we started in August uh, 2022, right after the draft. Uh, it's uh, a foundation about just stigmatizing mental health in sports and, you know, not only hockey, but sports as well. And you see so many athletes kind of speaking out about mental health and we're trying to kind of promote that and have, you know, more and more people speak out about mental health because it's such a huge part of, not only hockey, but other sports as well. And the thing that stands out to me the most is, you know, on the on the initiative's Instagram page, they post about a bunch of things like rest and recovery, burnout, perfectionism in sport. Um, what kind of stands out to you as a professional athlete? What thing kind of resonates with you the most? I think uh, biggest thing is confidence. I think, you know, you're playing so many games in season where, you know, there, there could be stretches of games where, you know, two to three games, you're not you know, getting any points or you're not really playing the best, even, even shift to shift, right? If you, you know, if you turn the puck over, get a bad penalty or cause a goal and you're, you're on the bench kind of thinking to yourself, like, do I, like, am I good enough to go out there and kind of prove everybody wrong and do the, do the right thing. Right. So I think the biggest thing for me is, is confidence. You mentioned that you started the initiative after the draft, but now that you are a part of an NHL organization, you're integrated, you've been around for about a year. Does that change anything with the vision or is everything just kind of full steam ahead, same sort of way that you're going? I think it's it's kind of actually boosted that as well, you know, especially, you know, going into Winnipeg, hopefully this this upcoming season and them, you know, having Project 11 there and kind of, you know, they're they're doing such a great job of promoting promoting mental health as well. And being at Developer Camp there, they had so many, uh, you know, mental health seminars about, 
kind of you know how to treat your treat your mental health and be positive in all ways so i think it's been it's, you know it's been great so far and we're hoping to you know collab with project 11 and see where that goes and i remember seeing a post i don't remember if it was with guelph or with kitchener but i remember you guys had a bit of of an event at like a game um what was that like and seeing the support from the team that you were a part of yeah so that was uh in the beginning of the season i was still with the with the guelph storm we guelph, yeah we were raffling off uh, a game worn jersey from from the Guelph Storm from the previous season, and uh, for donations towards Canadian Mental Health Association, we raised I think just under thirteen hundred dollars. So that was that was obviously pretty special, and we've had you know people donate from actually all over the world as well. So not not only Canada. So that was that was pretty awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. There you have. I've read about your your hockey story, kind of growing up and uh, moving to Canada at thirteen. I'll let you tell the story because it's it's pretty crazy, but. Take me through, you know, like how you became a hockey player and what that experience was like with your, with your family. Yeah, so I was born in Moscow, Russia. I was there until about nine years old. I started playing hockey for the Red Army CSKA, the, the KHL team that they have there. They kind of, in Russia, how it works is they have a youth hockey team. They're all kind of connected to the main team in the, in, the, mm -hmm. in the pro club. So I actually started playing hockey with uh, Chibrikov there. I have a picture here from, uh, oh, nice. we, we moved teams that, the age of nine so nikita's nikita's right there and oh that's me. awesome there's pavel mintikov there as well so he was in our team as well so he's a pretty special team there and then at the at the age of nine i moved uh i was here for a camp for two weeks my parents just took me kind of you know see how see how north american hockey is and we weren't really planning anything and then a coach saw me and just asked me to play the following following september so uh, we went back to Russia, grabbed our stuff, and moved over here. How long did you and Chibrikov play together in Russia? Uh, from four to nine, so about five years. And, you know, I thought during development camp, you guys had some chemistry, so that, that would explain yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> that, we, there's the dots. Yeah, we yeah. Hang, out, hang, hang around each other a lot, and we were roommates when, when we got called up together and, you know, end of last season. So, uh, and, you know, training together as well. So it's it's been going great. So Scott Wheeler, the athletic had a great piece on you a while back. He wrote that you were expected to be selected in the first two rounds of the draft back in 2022, maybe as high as the late first, but you obviously ended up going in the third round. Was that the, what was the experience like for you and what was your perspective on that? And did it kind of give you a chip on the shoulder after that? I think so a little bit, obviously it was super stressful. Of course, just sitting there night one, you know, you really never really know what's going to, what's going to happen. Right. So, you see so many guys, you know, there's guys who go, you know, super high, but, you know, they were expected to go later or, or the opposite way. So I was kind of, you know, being optimistic, but then, you know, just hearing my name called and it's a Canadian team in Winnipeg Jets. And, you know, it was, uh, I remember walking down the stairs and putting on that jersey and being, you know, kind of starstruck for a couple hours after that. So it's, it was awesome. Yeah. And I, I think too, where on the subsequent days of the draft, I feel like, there's a lot more of a, oh, they're meeting you on the draft floor and, uh, you know, that first experience with whoever you're talking to first. What was that like when you actually get up to, you know, that draft table, you put that jersey on uh, and you have those first conversations? Um, sort of what's going through your brain? Then? Not going to lie, I kind of blacked out. Like I remember <laughs> I remember uh, tossing the jersey on and I walked, shook everybody's hand, hand around, you know, the draft table. But then you kind of go into media for a couple hours and then, 
you're blacked out until, you know, you get up into the team suite upstairs and then you meet everybody there. And that's when, you know, it kind of sunk, you know, sinks in. And I think, you know, a couple of days after that as well, I'm, you know, just arriving home. I'm still kind of shocked that I'm, you know, an NHL prospect. And yeah, it's been, you know, it's been going great so far. And I'm super, super happy with, uh, with Winnipeg. And another thing is like people view prospects differently depending on where they're drafted. Obviously, if you're drafted super high, they have higher expectations and stuff. Do you kind of go into these like training camps and development camps where you need to prove yourself with like, I'm better than a third round pick and I know it and I I, I need to prove that? Um, is it always in like the back of your mind or are you just kind of playing free? Well, I think a little bit of both. I think every time you step on the ice, there's somebody watching, no matter if you're, you know, just on the ice here in Toronto training in the summer or if you're in, you know, in Winnipeg with so many eyes on you. So I think just stepping on the ice and doing the best you can every every time you're on the ice, I think that's that's a huge, you know, huge thing. And, you know, I think we have a great prospect pool here in Winnipeg. So I think, you know, growing up with all those guys, you're kind of, you know, trying to support each other in a way, but you're also kind of competing for, you know, those spots on the team. So did you end up getting a phone call so that you knew who you were getting drafted to? And if so, did you get, were you called before the draft by any other teams and they said that they were going to take you? Uh, I don't think anybody was telling me that they're going to take me. I had at the NHL combine, I had 27 interviews. I think that was on one of the higher side of things. So uh, uh, Winnipeg actually had the biggest, uh, biggest, you know, personnel at the, at the combine that I think like they had the longest table, the biggest room and the most amount of people there. So I remember that interview pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I had no idea it was going to be Winnipeg. I was just, you know, sitting, sitting there and it was in the moment when everybody, everybody else found out. So pretty special. Well, now that you're part of the organization, you've spent time in the city for development camp and training camp. Um, is there anything specific about Winnipeg that sort of excites you the most, either way, whether hockey or off ice or the city itself? I think uh, what was incredible to me was the whiteout when I was uh, with the Moose and we, we got to experience the, I think it was game game three, I think, of, of the playoffs. So uh, when they were playing Vegas there. So it was, it was unbelievable seeing, you know, the whole rink it was, I know it's the smallest rink in the league, I believe, but it was, it was probably the loudest rink I've ever experienced. And the whiteout was, was incredible. Did you celebrate like the rest of the fans when Adam Lowry tied the game at, at four? <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was pretty hype. We were we had you know a few other prospects there, and we weren't we were pretty much standing for for most of the game because it was so exciting. But I think off the ice, I think uh, in Winnipeg the people are amazing, and and actually the food is the food is pretty good as well. So at development camp, we was, visited a few few great places, and the food was incredible everywhere. Um, were you part of that uh, group that got a chance to head out to Shaw Park for the Gold Ice game? Uh, yeah, we all did. We all went there for, I think we're only there for half the game. We didn't catch the whole game. But that was, uh, that was a good experience as well. Well, what is that like too, to sort of have, you know, other teams in the city wanting to sort of have, you know, get you guys out and, you know, get you a little bit more integrated into the pro sports scene here because it's quite diverse. You've got, you know, different levels of baseball and now basketball and soccer. So, um, you know, we know that, you know, there's a lot of sort of camaraderie between the organizations. So, um, you know, as a, as a prospect and, you know, you're getting sort of integrated into the city, what is it like to have other teams being like, yeah, come on out, come experience something else that's going on here. Yeah, it's great. I think on one of the last days we saw the basketball set up there, it was, you know, it sucks we didn't catch a game there, but that looked pretty cool as well. Seeing, you know, the Jets rank, but it's, basketball you know basketball game is going to be happening there and hoping to you know catch a blue bombers game i heard it's uh 
pretty pretty special and pretty loud atmosphere there. So hoping to go uh, to a game there someday. Hoping you're here for Banjo Bowl. That's probably the uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. the highlight game. If you if you want a game where it's going to be loud and the stadium's packed, that's probably the day to go. Perfect. Sounds good. I saw the basketball game actually got sold out. I think last mm-hmm. week I saw it on Twitter somewhere. So that's that's pretty cool as well. We've got they've had two sellouts, and then I think next Sunday or sorry, excuse me, Saturday's game. I think right now they've opened it up so to the that's to awesome. the entire Laura Bowl. So should be good. Cool. Um, shifting it back onto the ice now, um, for fans that, you know, are just starting to get, you know, familiar with you and on the ice, um, how would you describe yourself the way you play? Yeah, I think I'm a, I'm a fast skilled forward. I think I can, you know, make the right place in, in high pressure situations. I pride myself on being a two, you know, two way centerman. And I think uh face-offs is a huge part, part of the game for me. I think I was upwards, I think just under 60% last season. So I think it's a huge part of, uh, you know, my play and, and hockey in general. I think when you're starting with the puck, it's a lot easier to play. So, yeah, I would say fast, skilled, two-way forward for sure. And at development camp, you know, you don't really see much with the the short area drills and the limited scrimmage time. But what was that experience like for you? Because it seemed like all the players were having just the best time, whether it was on the ice, off the ice at the escape room, which we saw on the Jets' Twitter and stuff. Just what was it like getting to see all the guys and spend almost the whole week with them? Yeah, I would say uh, the first few days were pretty quiet for sure because, you know, a lot of the guys don't know each other. But then when everybody opened up, it was, I think, quite a special group. Everybody, there wasn't any, you know, any groups of people that were just sticking together. I think everybody was hanging out with everybody. And, you know, you're always sitting with different guys at, at dinner. And I think it was a, it was a great group of guys. Yeah, on the ice, when somebody scores, everybody goes nuts. And, you know, it was, it was pretty <laughs> exciting for sure. Was there any story uh, like off the ice, like the escape room or the gold eyes game, anything that really sticks out that you'll remember for, for years to come? I think the escape rooms were pretty fun. I think, you know, we really bonded there. I, I think my team came first, actually. We, we got out the quickest, but that's because we had most, uh, most of the school guys on, on my team. So I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like they kind of carry, but it was pretty funny to see the last team kind of struggle to get out there with uh, Nikita and Lambo. So it was, it was pretty funny for sure. Yeah. Um, so now we were getting sort of into this point in your career where last season you you know ended last season with a late call up to the Moose. Going into this year, what are you looking for in terms of your personal development at the pro level? Yeah, I think for sure. You know, my plan is I want to I want to make the Moose obviously and kind of transition into pro hockey and not you know be that bottom line guy. And I want I want to kind of you know make make an impression and kind of get you know consistent minutes i think that's that's the biggest thing and you know showcase uh, showcase myself to the best of my ability and you know help the team out as much as i can speaking of your play last year obviously training camp you played really well this year at development camp you looked you looked really good so going into this year's training camp is there anywhere where you feel that you're like you want your game to be going into the season like is there a specific thing you're working on? Is there something that you want to make sure that coaches notice that maybe you think the rest of the team would help the team and the rest of the team needs to win games? I think hundred percent my speed. I think I'm a fast, you know, fast player. I have that explosive first couple of steps and, you know, when I get going, I can really get, you know, past, past defensemen. And I think, you know, especially in the American hockey league, it's such a fast game, but I think speed will definitely help, help any team. So I think I can bring that a lot. And as I said, face-offs and kind of being able to play any and all positions actually so I think 
I think that would be huge as well. And last year with the late call-up to the Moose, you obviously got to know Mark Morrison and Eric Dubois and Nolan Baumgartner. Have you kept in contact with any of those coaches going into training camp? Yeah, in training camp, they've, they've actually been awesome. Actually, Mo took us, all the rookies that got called up last season. It, we were in Milwaukee, and he called us all to uh, to dinner. So we had a, you know, we grabbed a bite to eat. He kind of explained that, you know, in pro hockey, you're, you know, there's no billets, and your parents turn around. You're kind of by yourself. you got to make smart decisions and kind of, you know, always, always look out for yourself. And, yeah, as I said, make smart decisions, and there's nobody, you know, looking after you here. So you're kind of surviving on your own and trying to make the, the best uh, impact on the team. I feel like the American Hockey League as well has a very unique environment because you have a lot of, you know, really younger guys starting to go through their development journey. But then you also have guys who have been there for a while uh, and sort of take on a leadership role. What sort of value is there? Like if, if you come in and, you know, you, you're getting to, you know, day in, day out, hang out with, say, Jimmy Olney, um, someone who's, you know, been around for a while and, you know, sort of leading the charge. What's that, you know, the value in that for a young player like yourself? Yeah, the guys have been, they've been great, especially when we got called up in, you know, last May. They've been awesome and super welcoming. They knew that, you know, we probably weren't getting any games, but they always, you know, included us in everything. And, you know, team dinners, we weren't, it wasn't just a rookie sitting at one table. It was everybody sitting everywhere with everyone. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty good. And, you know, uh, you know, seeing, he was actually in Winnipeg working out when we were there for development camp and, you know, saying hi to him there was, it was great. I'm hoping to, you know, see him moving forward and hoping to uh, build that relationship as well. Yeah. And just one last thing here about, you know, the, the upcoming Moose season in terms of what you do as a, as a player, um, obviously you pride yourself on being a, a good, two, like a two-way center and you, your effort level is, you know, I mean, we've seen it too, where uh, we watched training camp last year. Uh, Connor and Elliot spent a lot of time at uh, development camp and, you know, you stood out to us. And um, what part of your game do you think, you know, you can confidently say will translate best to this level? I think my versatility for sure. Just being able to play, you know, penalty kill, being able to play fourth line or being able to play top line minutes with, you know, smarter and skilled players. I think I'm a skilled and fast forward, as I said. I think I can keep up with with good players as well as, you know, play those grinder bottom line minutes where you have to do the right thing and kind of, you know, get the puck and, you know, get it in or, you know, get into some some skilled guys' hands or veterans' hands and then get off the ice, right? So I think it's, it's going to be a huge, huge part of, part of my game moving forward and in this season for sure. So we'll end it off on a bit of a lighter note here. But last year, the Jets, for the first time ever, brought this whole thing where players chose their goal song. <laughs> Danny Jokin, when you come to the NHL level, do you have a goal song in the back of your mind ready? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I don't off my mind. I know <laughs> it's not going to be a Taylor Swift song because I didn't know any at camp. I don't know if you guys saw that video. And, yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty bad when I said uh, a Katy Perry song instead of Taylor Swift song. But I'd have to look yeah. into it. I don't, I don't actually right now know. So no Taylor Swift. All right. Well, yeah. we'll, so we'll that scratch out. that off. Write, the list. write that down. <laughs> Maybe Katy Perry, though. Maybe, Maybe. fireworks. Is a good one. So I don't know. There yeah. you go. Yeah. All righty. Well, this was a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on, Danny. Um, yeah. From all three of us. This was this was a blast. Of course. Thank you so much. All righty. We'll uh, we'll get on out of here. All right. Thank you, guys.
Today's episode of the Level Flight Podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. New customers download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Just bet $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-HOPE-NY or HOPE-NY via text. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with the Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races, in Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50, 10 plus legal requirement for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. And welcome back into episode 40 of the Level Flight Podcast. Thank you once again to DraftKings for sponsoring this episode. That was that, that was outstanding. That was fantastic. Yeah, I just want to start by saying, I know you said it in the, the interview as well, uh, just a huge thank you to Danny and Lauren uh, and, you know, just being willing to, you know, hop on here. And I know in the past we've also, you know, been, you know, fairly in contact with them about Jilkin's vision and getting to actually talk to Danny about it was terrific. So um i know we've said it already but i can't overstate how thankful we are that we were able to you know have him on and you know be able to actually chat with him for a while yeah that was just really cool i think that's really all <laughs> that that comes down to is just it was a cool experience and it was nice to chat with him and get to know th- some things we learned some new things got to figure out what he uh what he thinks his game is all about which is i mean we kind of knew what it was but uh it was good to hear it from him and we can't mm-hmm. wait to see him this upcoming season. It should be fun. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's kind of crazy and surreal to look back that on episode forty, we're we're at the point where we're interviewing Jets prospects, and every time we've we've hit a milestone and we've done something, um, I include a little note at the start of the episode that we're we're so thankful for all of our listeners. But I'm gonna take this opportunity again because if no one listened to our podcast, Danny Jilkin wouldn't say yes to coming on, right? Mm-hmm. So this is not like. This is all because of our listeners. We are incredibly thankful to everyone who tunes in every week and supports us on our social media or whatever. Um, this is this is all because of you. So we really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, that, that was a boatload of fun, to say the least. Absolutely. Yeah. And with uh, now, every episode will go downhill from here, unfortunately. <laughs> that, that, we just, that was it. We peaked. It. That's it. We peaked. peaked. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. No, we... I uh, hope not. <laughs> yeah, we're filming some more, you know, timeless content. Uh, like I said in the last episode, uh, we got Blake Wheeler's best moments coming out. Maybe next week, um, we're going to try and get some local beat reporters. Um, we've wanted to interview them for quite a while, so we're reaching out to them, trying to get them on. Um, and we're really looking forward to what we can do in the next two months because a lot of people are free for a lot of interviews and we love doing the interview process. We love coming up with the questions and doing that whole thing and jumping in and follow up. Meeting new people. Meeting new people, hearing new stories. This this is this is a blast. This is what 
it's all media, all, baby. It's all it's about the media. Communications and media. That's what we're about. <laughs> this is what it's we're, all about. We're striving towards our degree. Like we're just all we needed was pounding. three majors. That's <laughs> <laughs> all we needed to figure it out. Was three of us. Yeah. Put our minds together. We figured it out. Yeah. No, but unless you guys have anything else to say about the interview, I mean, obviously we're incredibly thankful. That was awesome. Um, but yeah, I've I've got nothing else. I'm I'm lost no, for words. Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap I, it up. I, I, Episode 40. Yeah. That was great. Um, 10 more to 50. That'll be that'll be extremely fun. We that'll have be to right around for 50. We we will. We will. We'll have something special cooked up. A, a lot of episodes coming out in the next two months, once a week, of course. Um, episode 50 will come out closer to the season, which will be really fun. We'll have a lot to talk yeah, about with training camp. Looking at like first week October if you're mm-hmm. marking on your calendars. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But training camp is around the corner. Uh, there's a lot of things to talk about with that. There's a lot of training camp battles that'll happen. There's still the question marks of Shifley and Hellebuck. Will they start this, the season with the Jets? If they get traded, obviously we're going to talk about it. Um, if not, we'll just keep doing some fun content that, like I said last week, doesn't really have a clock on it, right? So yeah, there's lots to do. There's lots to talk about. And uh, we hope you you stick around for the, the dead air portion of the offseason because we've got some fun stuff planned. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. All right, well, let's get on out of here. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. Uh, Go see Bears for playoff now. (laughs) (laughs) All right, bye, folks. See ya. This is Danny Julkin, and you're listening to the Level Flight Podcast.